0: welcome to the naked truth peace to you let's pick up where we left off i hope new year's starting out good for you so far so good for me thank god moving on we're at genesis chapter 37 we're going to pick up at verse 1. now jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of canaan so now is this same jacob has already had his name changed to israel but i guess for whatever reason the narrator is the is letting us know He's still being addressed as Jacob, so that's the same person. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with with the brother with the sons, excuse me, of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. So now the other the slaves who were his baby mamas are um now being referred to as his wives um that's pretty i think that's the first time that stands out to me is the first time they're being called that um i mean i could be wrong but um whatever the case may be it's the whole family his crew and um joseph is like his um the child of the wife that he loved most of his baby mamas but she's gone deceased now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. So, um, that's pretty clear. He's he's playing favorites among his kids, and it just so happens that the youngest that he had, or at least the son that he, not the youngest, but the son that he had from his uh, the wife that he loved is his favorite, even though he has another one, Benjamin, um, who's also from the wife that he loved who caused her to pass away, or at least the birth did. So maybe that's why he doesn't like him as much, but still his favorite. Because it, if, it, if, if it's because it's his son of his old age, then it only makes sense that his youngest son would also be in that group. Whatever the case may be, his favorite is uh, Joseph. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So um, I don't know if you have any kid uh, siblings, but I've got a heap of them. And that sort of dynamic is real. There's um, when parents play favorites and they have their reasons, you know, there some people are just more alike than others. So you'll get along with them more or rather be around them more than you would others, even if they're children or need, and, and even if they're your parents, whatever the case may be, It's just how people are. So um, but it's not good when other people can I'll tell that it's obvious and can see it because um, you know, people get in their feelings, and that's what's happened with uh, his brothers. They see, and they've already had to deal with the fact that he really didn't love their mama. A slave who um he was uh, given <laughs> but um so you know that's already there and a part of it too. And now they have to see the one that he was not from the slave, the one that was from the wife that he wanted and not from any of the rest of the baby mamas. the one wife that he wanted Rachel she had the she had Joseph for him, then she had Benjamin for him and she passed away. That's the only wife of all the wives and all the baby mo- baby mamas he has. Those are the only ones, that's the only one he wanted. So truly those two kids are the only ones he really valued. And he, it seems he didn't mind showing it again and again and again. So it's no wonder that other siblings resent him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So uh, it's not enough that the parents play favorites and, light and treat him better, or at least the father, I should say plays favorites and treats him better than, or, you know, shows more affection to him than he does the others, makes it clear that he's a favorite. They have to also deal with the fact that he's having dreams. And apparently if, if for them to say he's having dreams, it seems that it's sort of, a, uh, a, he's has the ability of prophetic dreams. And other books that didn't make it into the Bible talk about um, uh, the different sort of ways that, um, the deity, entity identified as God by different people would interact with them through ge- uh, dreams. For instance, um, Solomon, it didn't make it into the Bible, but it talks about different ways that he'd have that sort of contact. And we've seen it uh, many times in dreams where that seems to be how God mm. is able to get through to us no matter where our head is at a time when we're willing to hear it even if we don't remember the dream sometimes it seems like when you're dreaming sometimes it's like uh, something some information is being downloaded to you so that you have it there and refer to it at whatever time it's going to become necessary for you to use it um whatever the case may be so joseph has had a dream and uh his brothers don't appreciate the fact that he has them, so he said to them, "Please hear this dream which I've dreamed." So he uh, he wants to share whatever it is he's dreamed. They were there. We were finding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. So uh, when they're talking about sheaves, you could think of like um, long stalks of um, of. Um, sugar cane or some sort of um, grain and that grows long and tall like a bamboo and you gather them together in bundles so that you can transport them or gather them for whatever reason you're going to use them. Um, so if you can think of it that way, that's what a sheaf basically is and so in his stream, his bundle of what he's gathered, it rises above theirs. Um, Symbolic of something, it would seem if you're going to believe he has the ability, uh, of, if, if dreams are speaking through, if if his dreams mean something. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So, again, they don't appreciate his messages and the fact that he has those dreams. And it would seem that his dreams would have to somehow be prophetic or oracles or some sort of a divine um, proclamation or something that's going to come. Otherwise, who would care what your dreams are? But if he's dreamed things and then they've happened or he's dreamed things and they meant something, then it would make sense that his brothers would be bothered by the fact that he's dreaming that at some point he's going to rise above them, like become president or something over them, and they don't want to hear it. Then he dreams to another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bow down to me. So he's saying, I had another dream about being really, really great so much so that the whole world bowed down to me. So um, it's just a dream. Why would that upset them? So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? So that sense, that statement doesn't make sense at all. I just went over how his mama's the one that passed away. Uh, I'm pretty sure we already read Rachel's tomb was where they buried her. So it doesn't make sense that he's saying that his um, that they're both gonna bow down to him unless he believes somehow. That, uh, you know, in the supernatural realm, he'll even have some control over that. But that doesn't really make sense. I mean, it could be, but I I mean, it doesn't make sense if you do otherwise. But his father is saying, so you dream that you're going to be bigger than everybody. You're going to be the GOAT of all of them. Um, And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. So the brothers... Probably, probably believed that his dream was true, and at some point he would become greater than they are, and didn't appreciate that. Um, and for the father to go ahead and keep it in heart means that again, that Joseph has probably had some history of being able to have dreams, and they be uh, prophetic, or you know, uh, yeah, prophetic. Then his brothers went to feed their flock, father's flock in Shechem, so think shepherds, they're moving the livestock, taking them on uh, the trip to Shechem. Shechem rings a bell. Isn't that the same place where the sister got uh, sexually assaulted? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Let's keep reading. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, here I am. So it's not clear why Joseph wasn't included with uh the rest of them to go and um and handle the family business of tending to the flocks. Uh, maybe it didn't say his age yet, but I thought it said he's 17 at some point, but maybe not. Whatever the case may be, he was the one to hang behind and his father told him to go um uh, well he's got he's got an errand for him to run. Then he said to him please oh I read over one thing. One of the things that he did uh, it seems that that might have also ticked the brothers off with him. Is that he told his father um, that he would also sent back the sent back a bad report about his brothers? So they probably saw it as tattling on them or something like that. Um So that probably didn't make him very liked either. Uh, whatever the case may be, it says here they envied him. So it's like jealousy because they want something that, uh, that he has. That they just can't attain. It'd be different if you could gain something someone else has and be jealous of it and know that someday you're going to get it and do it. That's different. But knowing you'll never be able to get it, like someone else's physical feature or, or something like that, you'll do um, you envy it because you know you'll never have it—at least not in this reality. Um, so anyway, the brothers are going to feed the livestock. And his father's told uh, called him to him, and he said to him, "Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with flocks, and bring back word to me." So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. So I mean, were the brothers gone for a long time, or longer than expected? Why in the world would it seem to him? I mean, if the brother's just left, that they should already be back with the flocks and everything if they went to feed them. If they've just gone to feed them, what's the hurry to go see if they're okay? There's a band of them, like 11 of them, so or 10 or 11 of them. Do they really need him to go come check on them? But I guess parenting, I'm not a parent like that, so maybe it makes sense. So he's sending him. Uh, let's see. Now, a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field. And a man asked him, saying, what are you seeking? So uh, I guess Joseph was lollygagging, or maybe he got lost. It's not really clear. Whatever the case may be, he's um, been discovered by some wandering man who's asking him, what's up with you? What are you doing? What are you looking for? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. So he doesn't really know where his brothers are, but he's looking for them and where they are with the flocks. And the man said, they've departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. So he's gone and found, gone to the place where his brothers, I guess, would go to feed the flock. And he didn't see them there, so he's wondering what's up. The man told him that he heard them specifically say they were going to another place. So, um... Uh, Joseph is going to seek him there. So now that's probably it fills in the gaps of to as to why his father sent him, wondering what's taking them so long, because they should have been back by now. Because apparently, uh, you could have if the place uh, if they'd only gone to the place they were had originally, if they'd only gone to the place that he knew they were going to feed the flock. But instead, they decided to go some other place, and there's no nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if don't Let's not read over what Joseph did. Joseph is the one who at that point could have just gone back to his father and said, oh yeah, they made it in a feather block, they decided to go to Dothan. But he didn't do that. Instead, he went after his brothers further. Um, is that what his father told him to do? Um, let's see. He said, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. That's what he told him to do. So Truly, he could have just turned back and said, yeah, I went, they fed him, the flocks were fine, but they have gone on some other place and left it at that. But, you know, he decided to go after him, he decided to go after him, let's see. Now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. So it's pretty cold-blooded, they really don't like him, and maybe they want to make sure that there's no day that ever comes where their brother, who has these prophetic dreams, is at some point risen up high above them. So they figured, let's go ahead and do him and so that day and that dream will never come to be. Um, so they've spotted him on the way, but apparently, maybe he's even seen them, but whatever, they see him coming. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer's coming. So uh, that's what they see about him. They call him a dreamer, so he must have had a reputation, at least among the family, of being able to have those dreams, and they mean something. Otherwise, what difference would it make what he dreamt? Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. So they're not really pressed on their brother's safety and well-being, I know for. Firsthand, how that feels. You have siblings who hate you. It happens. But or family who hate you also. It happens. But uh, so that's where he's at. His brothers want him dead because he's had those dreams. And again, it has It has. There has to be more to it than he's just having dreams. Because everyone, you know, lots of people have dreams, even if you don't remember them. Um, So it has to be because he has that light, that power, that vision to be able to see like that uh the future that is clairvoyance as some people call it so um he's saying here they're plotting saying what will we'll kill him and just say the animals got him so, uh, but Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said let us not kill him so Reuben is like the oldest of the brothers the one who hooked up with his daddy's wife excuse me uncovered his father's nakedness, as they say. Lots of preachers will read over other parts of what happened, but that's what Reuben, it says, did, if I'm remembering right. Um, so um, um, there, He's the one who brings them back from wanting blood, uh, their brother's blood, and Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. That he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So that doesn't make sense at all. Is being left in a pit better than killing him? That's just giving him a slow death and letting him suffer in the pit. That's, is that any better? That's like a life sentence being better than uh, the death penalty. If you're going to spend your life suffering in a pit for the rest of your life, is that really better than death? what should be better is maybe the methods. I don't know. Uh, No, no, maybe not even the methods. The method that should be better, which should be, if anything, would be castration. You could cut a lot of these things out before they even get to that point, but that's a whole other conversation. So um, Ruben's saying, let's not kill him, telling them not to kill him, and um, instead 'll um so that he can keep them from killing. so it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic the tunic of many colors that was on him. so just like I've read before, when we, if you've read with me before you like I mentioned when it talks about the term mock in the Bible in the Old Testament and then in the new in the case of um of uh, Jesus and how he was mocked just before the um Crucifixion, and it it means a whole lot more than just teasing. It's the same thing all the way back here to the very very first book of the Bible, of and in um and even modern modern times, it's a human. It's an evil among humans that that's one of the things you do when you're about to terrorize somebody. You strip them and you of especially of their clothes, particularly. Like if you're going to enhance terror and going with some enhanced interrogation stuff type things like you saw in Abu Ghraib that America did and then swept under the rug and no president since has revealed or gone into any of it or uh, actually uh, revealed any of it. It's a shame, but it's America. And it's, um, it's the same thing that's happening back there. One of the first things you do is rip their clothes off, because whether you're a man or a woman, if you have some people surround you and take your clothes off, all sorts of terror goes through your heart. Even if nothing comes of it, just that action does it. So he's um, That's what they've done to him, their own brother, ripped his clothes off, and then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So how they knew the pit was there, I don't know. Maybe that was just a landmark place that people just knew was there. Whatever the case may be, they took his clothes off him, or at least the tunic. So maybe he had something else on. It's not really clear what else he could have had on, since people didn't have pants back then. Uh, and if anything, the men and women wore skirts or these robes or burqa type things. So um, it, um, it he'd have to be naked in there in the pit, um, and maybe some loincloth or something like that as underwear. But none of that is mentioned, and it makes just makes sense of the times. But whatever the case may be, that's how they did their brother. They've stripped him and thrown him into a pit. with no water and presumably no food. And they sat down to eat a meal. (laughs) And they lifted their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Ishmaelites are actually their family members through Ishmael. So I mean, maybe they're distant enough that they aren't like, hey, how are you doing, cuz? Nothing like that. It doesn't, I don't know. Whatever the case may be, he's. Um, they see them coming, um, and they're sitting down to eat a meal after throwing their brother into a pit for having a dream, having dreams. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? So now, Reuben stopped them from killing him in the first place. Now you have another brother, Judas, saying um, you have nothing good to gain out of killing, as particular, in particular, your own brother, and then covering up the killing. So um, I think January 6th, it's bad enough that it happened. Then the government and the media and the politicians who were attacked on that day, including all the way up to the vice president, all sit on covering it up and instead of revealing it. And what other crime have you ever seen in recent history where the crime is committed on video for the whole world to see? And it takes a year, a year for people to be gone dragged in, uh, taken to court and face consequences over it when it's done right there on video from the president on down. Uh, they've been after him for years now and still no charges with all the obvious crimes he seems to have committed. No charges. This country, ridiculous, but you see, it's nothing new. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brothers listen. So uh, he convinced them, Judah, that no, let's not kill him. Uh, instead, let's sell him slavery, their own brother, into slavery to more family members of theirs. May not be close, maybe distant, but they're Ishmaelites, so they have to be family of theirs. Um, that's their, um, just resolution to their brother's dreams to instead of kill him, rip his clothes off him, throw him in a pit, then sell him as a slave to some of your other family members. Then Midianite traders passed by some, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. So, um, I guess Midian, the Ishmaelites is their lineage and Midianite is where they were living, I guess. Um, but it talks about them as if it's a different set of people. It says the traders passed by, whereas they were just talking about the Ishmaelites as if they recognized recognize them. There was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels. So yeah, um, so whatever the case whatever it is, they've sold their brother to the Midianites, um, and he's been transported to Egypt. So this is sort of where Egypt enters the narrative officially, because I don't seem to recall it um, being mentioned by name so far. I mean, it might have, actually, when I think about it with the Genesis story, so maybe it has. Then Reuben returned to the pit and indeed Joseph was not in the pit and he tore his clothes. So that's unexplained too. Where did Reuben go? Why would he be returning to the pit and where did he go in that time that he didn't know uh, that that was what was happening and the brothers didn't discuss it with him. There's like a 10 of them and it didn't work, didn't get around to to him. The oldest one, that's what had happened. Uh, And tearing his clothes, so he's so upset he's ripped his clothes because that's basically what it means. Um I'm not sure why he wouldn't just ask the brothers and they just tell him, Oh no, he's not dead, he's not gone. We sold him. And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more and I where shall I go? So now he's gone back to the brothers who apparently did it without sharing with all the other brothers. And he's thinking he's dead. So they took Joseph's tuna Killed the kid of the goats and dipped the tunic in the blood. None of this makes any sense. That he doesn't know what they did. That they he's, he's been sold since that's what they were discussing. And they saw the company of people coming toward them and they discussed it. But suddenly now he's clueless. Maybe he took a nap while all of this was happening. Uh, apparently, maybe several of them did for some some of the other ones not to fill him in on what happened when he was apparently out of it. So the narrative doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's what we have here mentioned. So they've taken the the clothes, the tunic, and the tunic is basically just like if you think of a long robe with a hole cut out at the top and arms sleeves. like you might think like a monk will walk around and that's what I think of when I think of a tunic, but it doesn't necessarily have to be long, but I have a tunic, but it's, um. but that's basically what it is. Is a one piece garment, sort of like that. That's what he's, that's what uh, they've got. So they've stained his clothes basically to make it look like a homicide has happened. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, we found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? <laughs> so shady. But I guess they're letting him know, just like you're always saying he's your favorite, treating him like your favorite, and like they're the only ones that matter. Well, since that's your son so much, uh, do you recognize this as so your son's? I, I, you can't really blame them. That's what playing favorites does. It plants those kind of seeds. Um, I mean, obviously they aren't. They're wrong for how what they did to him, but. Um, you can kind of understand why. And he recognized and he said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured, him without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. So he sees some blood on the tunic, and so it had to be a lot, man, for him to assume that because the, the clothes that he had on, that coat of many colors, because it's just like if You've seen the play or ever heard heard it referred to before, Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors. That's what was so significant about it. And that's what made it stand out. That's And so he sees it covered in blood and he is certain that uh, his son has been devoured by the wild animals. And Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. So, um, He's heartbroken about his son being dead, his son of his old age, his favorite. Um, So he's uh, walking around in mourning clothes. And sackcloth is is like potato sack. That is like some of the cheapest material, uh, textile material you can get. Um, It's humbling himself. He's torn down. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, he shall go down into the grave to his son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. So he's like he's gonna miss his son till the day he dies. He's gonna mourn for him and lament him and his passing until he dies himself. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. So the Midianites, the Ishmaelites, whatever the case may be, they um have taken him and sold him again as a slave to other people in Egypt, um, but into the royal um, uh, realms, the Pharaoh and all of that. And uh, that actually ends this reading at the end of chapter 37. I appreciate you checking out with me and hope it was a blessing for you. And I hope you'll join me again on Mondays and Wednesdays. We focus on the Old Testament, and on Saturday at random times, we do those readings. And Saturday night, just after midnight, early Sunday morning, that's where we focus on the Gospels, if you want to join me for that. one, If you're interested in past readings, you can see them here on this platform that you're experiencing it on now. Or if you're an adult, you can go to my website. It's hungtgirl.com. And if you're curious about me the messenger, you can see all I can show you about me there. Click on the links on the left. It's free. The um, body, mind, spirit, and soul side of me is right there for you to find out and explore. And if you explore deeply, you can find um, the um, Naked Truth pages there and um, what Christianity means to me, because it turns out Christianity is only a tiny portion of the religions and um, words mentioned in the Bible. And As a Christian, to me, that's what we focus on here on the Naked Truth, the red letters of the Bible, red letter Christianity, what Christ had to say about whatever subject may come up in life. So stay safe and God willing, I'll see you again soon. Wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor, Peace to you and thanks again. Bye now.